0: Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. That is right. It is the Locked On Browns Podcast, your postgame edition after yet another W5 wins in 2018. Uh, Greg Williams now carries a 3-2 and two record as the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. You are going to finish the regular season with a better than 500 record at home. The Cleveland Browns today, look, uh, Carolina Panthers, the game polling game, Uh, Play calling was fantastic in the first half, on both on both ends of it. Um, The Browns were able to tighten up on defense as the game went on. Uh, I mean, the Panthers, uh, the Browns' defense, the Browns' offense was able to continue to accelerate with it. Just a fantastic effort on both sides of the ball. Um, Carolina, I do not know what is going on there with the coaching. Um, Pete's going to agree with me on that. Uh, But here is your Locked On Browns post game edition, brought to you tonight by MyBookie.com. As always, Pete Smith here from NFL Spin Zone. Uh, Pete. Uh, it was give or take for a while, but uh, all of a sudden, when when the chips were down, and we talked about this earlier in the year after the Saints game, and you know the Raiders game, it was about learning how to close out and win football games. I think these guys are starting to get it.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, major props to to both sides of the ball because at the end of the game, you needed plays from both sides. You know, obviously, you're going to talk about the offense was really the driving force in the first half and the defense you know stepped up more in the second half but when it came to actually closing the game it was that Brashard Perryman Bizarro Perryman the you know the closer everybody expected him to be uh, making a big catch and extending <laughs> and extending the drive and then Nick Chubb getting a a, a, a first down before they ultimately had to po- punt the ball back but it was you know with a minute to go and then Demarius Randall uh, with the interception to close it you know, the, it, it's it's not like it was, say, with the Jets game, where, and, and granted, Baker was great in that game, uh, but it felt more like the defense was carrying it, and then Baker Mayfield had happened to make some plays. It felt uh, more like a, the
0: week one tie against the Steelers, where the the defense did everything they could to make sure they were not going to lose it.
1: Right. So. You know, that part is outstanding. Uh, you know, obviously you saw the reaction as soon as they, you know, made, secured the win. I, you know, I, I think it's equal parts excitement without being surprised. I don't think they're surprised anymore that they can do this. I think they they, they do just have a lot of confidence. And, and, and uh, the word I, w- I would use is, is, is patience and that they don't fall into the trap of one as they as they had. in in previous years where things start to go bad and they assume oh man here we go again it's it's okay roll with the punches and and there were turnovers and there were you know bad plays on defense and they didn't you know they didn't stop they they just kept going forward they always they always were back into it throwing more punches throwing more counter punches
0: um first thing and I, i i guess i want to start here um Look, we're gonna get his name right, and we're never gonna get it wrong again. So, Freddie, and I may do the quote-unquote Freddie F. and Kitchens, a hell of hell of a job. I mean, the the two counters with Landry, which turned out to be absolute gold. In you know the big one of Paramin, which is about, I, I've been waiting for and preaching for. But Freddie Kitchens, I mean, Pete, this isn't even like like a talking point about like a guy who's done a really good job in a bad circumstance. This is a guy who seems like he knows what the hell he's doing. Right, so this is the
1: Freddie Kitchen statement game. This is clearly the best game he's coached all year in terms of game plan, in terms of
0: finding the right time for get, p- play calls. Um, no, but I cert- mean, but like when he went with the wishbone look, he it seems like he's always got something there, and when he's ready for it, he, he's fully invested in doing it. Well, yeah, no question, and and
1: and we can talk about you know the the, the Landry pass and all that stuff, which was great. But it, again, they, they do some things without, you know, killing themselves. And that, that's good. But, you know, they, do, they have enough to keep you interested. And, and in this case, you know, they, they gave a look that the Panthers, Panthers were completely unprepared for. And, and, and the play call that, that they scored the touchdown on, you know, you could have scored that. I could have scored that. It was so wide open in that they got basically 11 guys following Nick Chubb and there was nobody there. And then the second time... You know, they, they have nobody in the hole. Landry running with a lineman in front of him makes the one guy miss, which was great, and then another 40 yards. But I mean, like when they do the, you know, I'm sure Baldinger's going to, you know, do that and those type of things, which shows are going to break break down in the telestrator. You know, the, you could not have had that work out any better, short of scoring in terms of getting everything to go exactly how you wanted. Your guys blocked well you had everything set up well and the defense did everything you wanted and the play just worked perfectly. Like that's the stuff, you know, where coaches are sitting there, you know, those are the ones that make you smile. Those are the ones that make you feel good when you have, you know, done everything you, you sort of want, you know, want to do as a coach and it worked like that's the most satisfying thing you can have. And, and, and Freddie kitchens had a couple of those in this game. And it, and it, it, that's what made the difference.
0: Well, and this is part of what when we get, we uh, I want to get back to when you know uh, Freddie started. It was going to each positional group and saying, "Hey, what do you guys like?" So this way, when you can come in this week and say, "Hey, it seems a little weird. We're going to run a counter with Jarvis Landry. I've got a lot of faith in it." But these guys, if everybody's on the same page, and you know he respects your decision, when he comes at you with his. And something he wants to do, everybody's on the same page and committed, and it was beautiful to see it. And you know, Jarvis, look, I mean, you know, open field, he doesn't have the greatest speed in the world. You know, a bunch of other receivers would have taken that second one to the house. Um, Josh Norris, I'll give you a golf clap. clap. Uh, You know, great job on calling a great day from Jarvis Landry. Uh, Granted, it worked out perfectly. A lot of it was play calling involved, but even the reception on the uh, on the Baker touchdown pass, just great job from Jarvis Landry and Baker. Just. 18-22, 18 to 22, uh, 240. Pete just so smooth and efficient. And each week, it's not even more of a question. And now, keep in mind, last week against Houston, there were turnovers, which you know pr- basically did their undoing. There were turnovers today. Hagen's Landry. I mean, a lot of that is just basic, you know, ball skills, and you know, ball, and poor job on both their parts. But able to overcome it all. And when you got six rocking this show with the guys around him like Nick, and you know, you can get the play out of these other guys that you're getting. My
1: God. Well, first with Jarvis Landry, this I, this was the game save the fumble, which was a disgrace. Was that when, when the Browns made the trade and, and signed the extension? This is the guy fans were hoping they were going to get. In terms of, you could line him up different places, you could give him the ball in different ways, and he'd sort of he'd give you an energy and, and, a, and a confidence and, and 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 added credibility. And if not for that fumble, that you know this is his. know it's still his best game of the season I think other than maybe Tampa uh and the rollover touchdown and that stuff but in terms of sort of setting a tempo and 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 getting people to sort of understand what he can do this is this is certainly a great game as for Baker Mayfield you know Freddie Kitchens doesn't work without having a quarterback who can who can do what Mayfield has been able to do and you know The numbers are not eye-popping in terms of yards and the touchdowns, but they had plays called back uh, for for various things, and and some of the plays he was able to make were just outstanding. But again, this is 18 of 22, and I think all four of the passes that weren't completed were drops. Um, I know know
0: two of them them are thrown five yards off
1: the sidelines. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I I mean, it's hard to keep track of just because they had so many penalties that that, – Negated various plays, but yeah, uh, no pass was 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 a missed opportunity. It was throwaways or it was drops. Like he, his command and understanding and everything else in game fourteen of the his rookie season, and he didn't play the first two and a half is out of this world. Like you're gonna have to have a conversation not only with where does Baker Mayfield rank. You know, relative to the division, relative to the league, but in terms, from a historical context, how his rookie season stacks up historically in terms of greatest rookie seasons by a quarterback ever? Because short of like Ben Roethlisberger, who was you know asked to to sort of be a caretaker, where B- Baker Mayfield's being asked to drive the bus. You know, the, there aren't too many where where you're looking at this and going. Wow, look at this. And and he's already there. And it's just the, how much better he is than than I think a lot of people expected. And not only that, he was better than – granted, Cam Newton's shoulder is probably a mess. Uh, but he was better than Cam Newton. He's been better than a lot of the quarterbacks he's been. He was better than Matt Ryan. Like it's insane how much of an advantage he is. And, and ultimately so much of the NFL comes down to who, who's, which team has the better quarterback and which team has the better coaching. And the big reason the Browns won today is because they were better in both of those areas. Well, and this
0: is what we get back to, you know, and uh, you know, a lot of people want to talk about Dwayne Haskins, Um, but he's got 13 games played to collegiate level Baker who came into this draft, you know, at 23 years old, the amount of reps and the amount of mistakes he got out of the way before he got here. You just see it. And this is what you get when you get such a polished guy. And it goes back to that old Parcells adage where you want your quarterback to be the starter for X amount of years, you want to play in this division, this, that, and the other thing. You know, Baker, I mean, all of those boxes checked, and, and you see it now because he. it's one thing to look at something when it's showed, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday to you, to you film-wise, and to basically carry it over into the game. But Baker does it with ease. Uh, the ball to Perriman was absolutely gorgeous. And, and just some other ones. The one in and, and Najoku, N- I mean, just what he does, and it just absolutely comes with such ease You know, and yeah, he is a rookie, but he is a 23-year-old rookie. But for him to be where he's at now, and uh, along with, and we're going to go to Nick Chubb. And, you know, Pete, I messaged you earlier in the game. It was, uh, I think it was the third and two, and this may have been the Landry touchdown drive. You know, there he was, two yards short in the backfield. And just the country strong in Nick Chubb to carry that ball. And he did it on the touchdown as well. I mean, for what you're getting here from, you know, you had a core here obviously with your offensive line and you know, a lot of guys on defense, but when you're infusing this type of talent that you're getting on offense, it, it's coming together quickly. And it's crazy because the guys who are driving the bus right now with Greg Williams, Freddie kitchens, this was never the plan.
1: Right. So for, for people who are sitting there advocating Saquon Barkley, this, you're going to have God but you're going to have all the talking points in the world. You're going to be able to sit, look at this game and go, you know, this is why, you know, this is, this, this is why, and, and, you can have that, but in terms of what Nick Chubb does for the Browns and just how special he is, and it's being able to fight for those tough yards, but what stands out more than anything else, his vision is otherworldly. He just has this, I mean, I, I, I think a lot of it is intelligence, uh, if you want to call it instincts, whatever, but he just has an unbelievable sense of how he needs to go certain places and 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 his ability to make guys miss and punish them with strength. He, you know, other than Mayfield, he was the only guy really on offense where you go, he didn't have a mistake. Like he, you know, he was a huge reason they were able to win this game. Uh, and, and it wasn't like an enormous production game. He only touched the ball 17 times, but he got, uh, let me see. 83 total yards. He had the 29-yard run, which was at the time it was felt like they were running into a wall, and he sort of loosened everything up with that big run. Uh, obviously got into the end zone. But it, it's his ability to, to, to get those tough first downs, I think, is probably the least appreciated benefit. But the amount of drives where it's like third and two or whatever, and he gets stuffed in initial contact and just wills it, and you're sitting there going – well, you know, you've gotten used to the point where you're like, well, he's not stopped. How far can this go type thing? Now it's like even when he got sort of corralled in the backfield on like a a, a pitch wide or something going and he, and he shakes a guy and you're sitting there going, wait a minute, what what can he do? And it's, you know, I think he basically got back to the line of scrimmage in inches. But just the, the you always have to keep. Uh, aware because you never know when he's just going to break a big one and, and gut a team. And that's sort of what he brings to the table is he's always been, and he, and he continues to be the s- safe, consistent running option. And now he's a consistent receiving option on those checkdowns and things. But it, it goes from, he gets you what he's supposed to get. And then there's always this little danger of what he can break a big one and he just rips the heart out of guys.
0: Uh, yes, as you said that, um, I do want to get to this real quick. Um, the Carolina Panthers with their lovely, uh, post yesterday of the dog, you know, with the, uh, you know, the plastic neck roll on, which I caught and tweeted back at, um, oh, Hey guys, how did that work out for you today? Five in a row lost. Uh, you do not play well on the road. You are poorly coached. Um, I don't know if Cam Newton should finish the season because you can see he's clearly troubled. Uh, the one ball on the outside, I mean, literally through a, you know, a, a chili pepper, um, you had to bring in you know, Heineke for the the Hail Mary at the end of the first half, which, you know, that was just another one where the coaching, I had no idea what you're doing with your time or your timeouts. But, you know, as the Browns move on, this is the Locked On Browns game show. Pete Smith here. Jeff Lloyd, as always, you guys, your host. We are, you know, taking you through the offense versus the defense. We are brought to you tonight by my, myboogie.com. Um, guys, any betting advice you need, I will always tell you to make sure that you used, at least you are using a reputable site. MyBookie.com has been in business for years. Their online reviews are excellent. Their mobile site is simple, efficient, and easy to use. I would only recommend someone to you uh, who's been good to me in the past. If I do place a wager, I will use MyBookie.com. They have in-game, live betting, over-under on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Um, guys, you know the details. If you register after 7 p.m. Eastern, they will give you a free $25 just for doing so. If you, When you make your initial deposit or your initial, initial account, they will match you 100%. So make sure you do it after 7 p.m. Eastern, get a 100% turn on your initial deposit, and you will also get a free $25. Use the promo code LOCKEDON25, capital L, capital O, LOCKEDON25. Visit mybookie.com today, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, Pete, we're going to shift it over to the other side of the ball. Miles Garrett, um, the announcers, I- I'm not sure where they really were that, but uh, Miles Garrett for the most part, most of the day, completely shot out of a cannon and just week in, week out. And it's funny because the announcers went with, oh, Miles Garrett hasn't much done much so far. We haven't really called his name yet to, they're comparing him to Aaron Donald.
1: Yeah, I, I, he was dominant from the word go. Uh he uh, that poor left tackle was just getting absolutely obliterated. I, I I honestly felt like it was a disservice to Miles to put him in that wide nine because it just made him have to run further, but he just dismantled them running the ball. Uh the pass rush was phenomenal. I mean, obviously he he, you know, forced the the not fumble call, which I think the refs got right, even
0: though you know. Yeah, it, I mean it was weird, and the only question I had was whether or not the ball traveled forward. Once you realized the ball traveled forward, I mean it was just you know it was you know, just a tough spot, and you know look Cam Newton, he's a smart player.
1: Yeah, it just it just looks bad, you know, because that's what it was. I mean it was it was desperately trying to just putts the ball forward a little bit to get get the benefit of the doubt of the incomplete pass. Uh, He obviously did get the sack, and my God, the way he turned the corner on that one uh, was incredible. But he, you know, again, this is not a game where you're going to see enormous stats in terms of box score. He got the one sack, uh, made some plays. But in terms of pressure, you know, his pressure grade may be something insane, even more so than the Bengals last week because it was just – Absolutely unfair how good he is, and and he's easily one of the best players in the league at his position. And he doesn't turn twenty three till the end of this, or t- yeah, twenty three till the end of this month. Um, he he just sets the tone across the board, and and what he's able to do to force uh, teams to play him benefited Ogba and Avery and Ogunjobi playing with the with the arm. I wish he wasn't, but I, you know, again, I wish we knew the seriousness that. You know of, of where that's going to go, but he, what he does to just set the tone for everybody else on defense, which looked really sketchy early uh, and, and looked like they were missing Denzel Ward quite a bit and and miss we're missing 100% of Larry Ogunjobi, uh, but he just kept going and he was the he was the guy who was consistently great all game and eventually everybody else sort of caught up with him in the second half.
0: Um, it did seem for. Maybe the first, you know, I'd say, uh, you know, if not almost full three quarters, Christian McCaffrey had it, kind of had his way, and then it just kind of seemed like the Browns were like, all right, well, wherever Chris, Christian McCaffrey's going to go, the white jerseys are going to follow. Beat us with somebody else, and that's where the pay, uh, you know the pass rush was able to disrupt a little bit, and, but and also poor part on the Panthers. But I mean, at the you know at the end of the day, go with your bread and butter, and they went away from it, and you know that certainly aided the Browns, and you know. For the Panthers, just another question where we're going with, you know, what is exactly going on with your coaching? So,
1: if I think it felt like the half, second half of the second quarter till basically the entire third quarter, they just stopped using him. And at, up to that point, they were getting anything they wanted. And and if you look at the numbers, like his average isn't great, but he was easily the most threatening guy where he could just cause problems.
0: If it was a two or three yard carry, he made up with it with a seven or eight yard reception and vice versa.
1: But particularly in that last drive inside the five, that you know, that was Todd Haley. That was inexcusably bad play calling because if you're saying if you're saying that uh, Cam Newton's shoulder is a mess, and everybody's sort of accepting that, and it's a question of if he's going to need surgery, and the answer is probably he's going to need surgery. But if you're saying all these things are true, why are you – first, why are you trying to throw a stop fade to Curtis Samuel? By the way, it was an outstanding throw by Cam Newton. He put exactly where we was supposed to go, and it just seemed like Samuel didn't know what he was supposed to do. Uh, he just hadn't done it. And then the Jarius right play, Cam Newton just missed him. And and, and you're sitting there with, with McCaffrey, and you're sitting there with Newton, and you're sitting there, and they tried to get the ball to DJ Moore, uh, which I actually like that play call. It just didn't work. Uh and you're, you're you're taking the ball away from those guys. Like if you're going to say what's the best plan, best way for the Browns to play defense, it's Cam Newton's got to beat you, and he's trying to beat you with, to Curtis Samuel and J.H. Wright. Like that was ideal, uh, and, and, they, and they couldn't capitalize. And, and I think in a lot of ways the Carolina coaching staff, both in how unprepared they were to deal with Freddie Kitchens' wing T stuff, and then the D, uh, offense for their play calling and, and going away from McCaffrey was a disgrace. And that's the type of stuff that uh, the past two years and then halfway into this season, you were saying that about the Browns. Like, why are they doing this stuff? That was just bad play calling. And, and you're looking at what the difference a well-coached game plan looks like and what a poorly coached game plan looks like. And that was something that the Browns became so accustomed to that – that these guys did look like a brush, breath of fresh air, and they look like great coaches. And I even give Greg Riggs a little bit of credit because it looked like initially they came out with the exact same game plan they did last week. They where they got killed, and then sort of got away from it. Uh, they made a, a few adjustments that seemed to be good, but uh, overall, it was just Freddie Kitchen just beat the hell out of the Panthers' uh, defensive coordinator and that and that that side of the ball.
0: And look, and it, it, this is what's going to make this all more maddening with three games to go, and just with you know the the mem- momentum you've built, and just seeing players progressing like you are, guys. You're listening to the Locked On Browns post game show. Uh, Pete Smith here from NFL Spin Zone. was joining me here, your host Jeff Lloyd, guys. Uh, going into this week, things are going to be a little bit different with the Saturday night game. We'll probably get you a post game out Thursday night. Um, we will do a uh, I mean pre- a pregame show Thursday night. We'll do a post game show. Obviously, after the game ends on Saturday night. Uh, brought to you here, like I said earlier, by montpelier.com. Locked on Cavaliers. Chris Manning doing a great job over there, guys. Uh, you know, s- showing some signs of a team with a little bit of growth. We'll see how it all plays out. Lot, lot more ball game to be played over there. But Chris Manning, locked Cavs, doing a fantastic job over there. Um, one other thing, I mean, Pete, uh, the Randall, uh, you know, interception. Um, it, but Jamie Collins, Joe Shobert, and you see sometimes where you know people are mentioning. That you know the Browns were very interested in getting faster, more athletic at the linebacker position. Look, Joe's going nowhere. But when you see guys like McCaffrey, and there's a lot more guys like McCaffrey, more and more week in, week out, year in, year out in the NFL, you see why you need these linebackers with the speed, with the athleticism.
1: Sure, and and, and for whatever reason, I saw people weirdly criticizing Joe Schobert when this is the type of game where you, you see the value in in what he's able to do. Uh Tanner Vallejo, we talked about in the pregame, you know, the touchdown McCaffrey scored. That was the ultimate, God bless him, he's trying uh, (laughs) play. He just doesn't have enough. And and obviously that's an incredibly difficult situation for him against a player like that. Jamie Collins looks like something's wrong. Uh, And I'm not talking about just effort. Like I thought his effort was there this game. But it just looked like when he was trying to to change direction and open his hips, it looked like he was a fifty groin, years old
0: groin or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, it just wasn't right. But yeah, I mean, this is a hundred percent, and and I think that's why you know going to the offseason, certainly you know Kirksey, uh, you hope he's going to come back healthy and have a better year. But that's why this is going to be such a big focus, and, and I think you saw a little bit of what how they could address that. Uh, props to Gennard Avery who had some nice plays yep. of coverage today. Uh, And that's some of the stuff he can do. Like I really do think in some respect if he can get to a point uh, that they do move on from Jimmy Collins, I do think that that he's going to become that regular Sam Backer or I think that's where they'd like him to go to. And then when they take a linebacker off the field instead of taking it off the field, it's going to be just moving Jannard Avery up, which – for the people who are old enough to remember, that's what Von Miller started out doing for the Broncos. He was a Sam backer for a couple of downs, and they went up and put his hand on the ground or, however you want to call it. He became a, a pure rusher uh, because they were worried about him getting overwhelmed at the line of scrimmage. And that I think is where, if you're just looking at this from how do we get the best eleven guys on the field, and you're saying Genard Avery can be a linebacker and then go rush the passer. I think that's a that's a slam dunk I think that's just a question of can they can he get to where they need him to go to where they can have a, a linebacker core of of Schobert, maybe Kirksey and then and then Gennard Avery and then they get into a pass rush situation and they take you know quote unquote Gennard Avery off the field and they and they want to add a pass rusher it's just Gennard Avery coming off the edge and doing what he can do so that's that's where this gets exciting, and, and you like the possibilities of, of versatility and all the things they can do. But I, I thought for a guy who – and they've sort of sprinkled it in a little bit with Avery. Uh, I thought this was the best game he's shown where where it may be a little bit of an eye-opener for people going, oh, this kid can do some stuff as far as, as playing a coverage.
0: And it wasn't exactly just a pass rushing. And I'll be honest, as much as everybody wanted to credit Miles for the ball that you know eventually got overturned to be an incomplete – Jannard was right there with a hat on the ball. He easily could have, uh, you know, caused the fumble as well. Um, but look, you know, Avery. This is what you want to see over the last three weeks. You know, there's been some highs and lows with Jannard Avery. But if you're going to view him as a, you know, a versatile player that can go up and back, you need more performances like this week. And God bless him, he was, you know, he was able to get with guys in space and make the play where you saw Jamie Collins kind of struggle with that. Whether it's you know getting older, whether it's possible injury, even Joe Showbert, you know, as good as Joe is. You know Christian McCaffrey, he's electric with the ball in his hands. He's going to do this to a lot of guys, but Janard Avery kind of was able to, you know, show well with that. Um, guys, uh, Pete, is there anything? We guys, we have one more thing we want to hit on here because you know Kyler Murray and winning the Heisman's a very you know huge topic, and we want to get a little bit on that as far as you know what his future is. Pete, anything here game wise that you'd like to jump in with before we get to the Kyler Murray stuff?
1: Yeah, I, I think for all the penalties he had, I thought T.J. Carey was outstanding. Like, I know he's going to get picked apart. I know it's going to happen. But, like, that P.I. call was terrible. Like, Chris Carter went all on in on it. Then he sort of had to sort of backpedal. Once he watched all, the second time. Once he was watching the replay, go. you know, he goes from, you can't do that. You had the arm over to, I've seen more physical uh, passion interferences in my life. Like, I love the way... He, he competed even on the holding call. I thought that was a weak call. Like I get it. His arms are outside the frame. I get why they called it. I, you know, I, he's not a regular outside corner. I understand that, but he is just fun in terms of like being able to mix up your matchups and, and, and have him on a big guy and have him play in the slot. And, and, and that combination worked out well. And I, and I, and and as much as, like when, when when all those guys got signed, it became a question of where's Calhoun going to play? I, I liked how they had both guys contributing. I thought both guys helped the Browns win. Like Calhoun had a couple of plays in the backfield type stuff along with Kerry. And, you know, you, you, you're going to have penalties. It's going to happen. But the thing is you don't want a guy like Kerry to back off because when you back off like that, that's when you get beat, and I and I and I appreciate the fact that he stuck with it the whole way and didn't get let let himself get frustrated. Because I, I think when when it came to closing out the game, him keeping up that intensity level, you know, th- there's that sense that like the Seahawks defense that basically lived on the idea that eventually they're going to stop throwing the flags because they don't want to call 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 a penalty on every play, and I think. Carry was cleaner than than, than, the, ta- than the, uh, the game suggested, but that mentality goes a long way in sort of helping to wear down an opponent.
0: Well, and that's the thing, though, because <laughs> if you're a guy and he's lined up on top of you, you're like, yeah, I may get bailed out by the flag, but if I don't, and, you know, I've got to give, you know, maximum effort here because I know he's a little bit grabby. You know, you almost equate it to, like, a Dennis Rodman or, a you know, a Yakim Noah type, uh, you know, in basketball. Like, they're just going to battle you every bit away. And they're going to, it's going to be a little physical. And if they get called for six and they get ejected, I mean, get, you know, have to, you know, foul out of the game, it's going to happen. But now this is TJ Carey's rep. And look, it's going to always be physical. I'm always going to be grabby. And he can kind of get away with it if he doesn't get penalties called on him. Dude was extreme length, and you know when it's good, it's really good. But there's going to be times where it's really bad. Yeah,
1: I yeah. <laughs> look. He he gets all the credit in the world uh, for how he played. Uh, you know, you just can't. You can't give up the ball like that. You just that was terrible. Like that run was great. The catch was great, and 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 that's the stuff where he just drives you insane. Like, the, the, of all the things you're like, he's a veteran and we don't want this this type of stuff to happen. He's supposed to be, you know, helping these other guys out. Like, that's the stuff where he just flushes his credibility.
0: I hear you. Now, guys, um, you know, we've given you everything offense, defense, uh, you know, offense, defense, Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett. Uh, you know, uh, Jarvis Landry, fantastic effort. Nick Chubb, great effort. Rashard Perriman, again, you know, and like Pete said, the closer, uh, you know, I mean, you basically got this day started, because of Bouchard Perriman. you basically ended this day of Bouchard Perriman. Just like the script was written in September, guys. We all saw this one coming. We absolutely knew this. Uh, you know, Janard Avery. Uh, you get, again, Demarius Randall just making a key play to kind of put a nail in a coffin. Fantastic job there. Uh, Pete, you know, we had discussed. We did the pregame show. Uh, I had given you first selection, guys. So if you want to give Pete props for choosing Kyler Murray, I did him first choice. So, But, you know, congratulations to Kyler Murray. Um, guys, the tweets, look, it, it is what it is. If you're going to go through people's stuff like this and you're going to go through it to every extent, you may find some wrong things. Look, he's sorry about it. It's six, seven, eight years ago, whatever. But Pete, Kyler Murray, the quarterback, all of a sudden, it was all this year, you know, Kyler Murray's going to play this last year at Oklahoma. You know, Baker Riley's going to, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. You know, uh, he's going to, Riley down at uh, Oklahoma's going to find his next guy after this error, and that that guy will come in. But Kyler Murray... There's a lot. The talk isn't going to go away, in what he did this year, and I'm sure it's going to amped up a little bit by the Heisman. But you can almost make the sense of it. You can understand of it where he's really, you know, even though his decision contractually looks like it's made, and look, that can always be battled through courts and agents, whatever. It's more of a real topic than we ever thought it was going to be when the season started. Um. So look, he absolutely deserved
1: to win the heisman more power to him i don't care about the tweets i mean you don't want that to see that type of stuff but you know no one no one's perfect uh and certainly you know he can do let's put this way first and foremost i'm amazed it took this long he was a first round pick in the NFL. he went like eighth he
0: went like eighth (laughs) and 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 now there's two almost two agent cycles that nobody even said hey let's go check his twitter
1: Like you would have thought this would would have been either out or dealt with then. Um, Look, if he loves football and and that's what he wants to do, more power to him. Uh, The problem is if you think he's going to be a first-round pick, you're dreaming. If he thinks he's going to be a first-round pick, you're dreaming. If he just loves football and wants to do that, even if he's likely to be a third-round pick – um, you know, more power to him. And and in some ways, I expect endorsements will fill some of that gap. And and again, if that's you know if that's what he
0: really wants to do, you know, like Tim Tebow type deal. Uh, and keep in mind though, but also keep in mind when we talk about this though, he's got four million dollars from the A's. That's 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 all he's making. So if he makes it two to three years in the NFL, which is before he'll even you know before he's even close to making more money in MLB. He's pretty much even-steven, and then it's almost his story to write from there. True. The,
1: I mean, the, the thing is, you know, obviously if you make it in baseball, it's guaranteed money. The, you know, you get through that insane, like, what, six years of arbitration and all that stuff uh, of, of team control, then 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 it becomes – there's no chance he's not making more money in baseball. Just, the, the contracts are just stupid. Um, but if you watch the Heisman – uh, ceremony and you saw him stand next to Dwayne Haskins and Dwayne Haskins is like 6 three I think he's like 210 to He looked like Cam Newton next to Kyler Murray that it was it was unbelievable the difference in size like it looked like a little kid um, so we you know with with Baker Mayfield the entire draft process, uh, process six foot 215 was too short. And too small. This dude is going to be five nine and change, most likely, and like hundred and ninety pounds. He's a legit football midget. Uh, and, and and the idea that well, teams are going to say, well, look at it. look at the numbers, look at all this stuff. The GM is going to walk up to him, look down to shake his hand, and then go, "We can't. I can't go to the owner with this. He he looks like my son." Uh, in terms of size, like that's that's the problem you're going to run into. It, but I mean, look, if he goes and he's like a third round pick or a late second or whatever it is, and he just proves that he can make plays, like I, I, I personally, I think he's a more athletic Doug Flutie. Like that's the best case scenario, and, and we can talk about how Doug first, Flutie got screwed by the NFL in some respects and gave the, up on.
0: First thing I thought last night when he when he hugged Doug Flutie after getting the award, it was like, all right, well, there's the comparison. Better arm, you know, better athlete, but you know, size wise, that's who you are. Right.
1: So that's that's the problem. Is is you're basically hoping for that, and 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 you know, so if if he loves baseball, that that seems like an easy decision. If he if he loves football. More power to him. I I just think it's going to be an incredibly difficult uh, process and everything else. But like this idea that, like, that the Heisman automatically means you're going to go super high or something. Like I'm old enough to remember the Chris Winkies and Gino Toretta's and those guys. And there's no question in this case that. He's far and away the best player on his team. Where Winky and, and and Toretta and those guys clearly weren't And
0: better athletically and equipped in that aspect. Yes, one hundred percent.
1: But at the same time, like you put him on, a, put them in the AFC North and let Cam Newton, or let uh, Miles Garrett feast on him a while. Like, well,
0: and that's part of it, though. It's you know everybody's like okay with the oh the quarterbacks they can be a little bit smaller, but these pass rushers are just getting bigger and longer. And heavier, and they can run just as fast as you can, right, so ultimately
1: you know this is this becomes a question of do what you want to do if you if you love one, go for it if you, or, and you don't love the other if you if you love both, then it becomes a difficult choice if you don't love either one, go baseball uh, don't you don't play NFL football and and half and, and not be fully invested because you'll just it ain't going to work so you you can you can go a long way on talent in baseball uh and potentially get through it and make it work uh you can't do that in the nfl there's just too much on the line with it but you know the the bottom line is he won the heisman trophy that's you know that's that's the uh the first paragraph uh of the obituary first first sentence of the obituary and that you know. Tweets and anything else. That's that's the bottom line. Is is he was the most outstanding player in the country and absolutely deserves everything that comes with that.
0: Well, and also, but part of it though is if you're looking at it from his standpoint, is um yeah, he signed. You know, he was drafted by the Oakland A's, signed for four million dollars. He's still maybe be a calendar and a year away from being a major league baseball player. So, do you go the pro route right away? And look, maybe you're the glamorous guy your rookie year who doesn't play much on the sidelines. Like, oh, what do we have in this guy? This, that, and the other thing. Uh, You know, do you do something stupid like the Ravens did initially with Lamar Jackson and say, oh, here's a guy we like as a quarterback, and he's a really good athlete, and you do some stupid things with him. But the thing is, you know, baseball-wise, he's not walking into the Oakland A's dugout anytime soon. So that's where the endorsement money is going to be the key, Pete, like you said, because... He's a long way away from getting Major League Baseball endorsements, whereas he may get football endorsements right out the gate.
1: Uh, you're not wrong. Look, the, the, obviously, he have the bus rides and all that stuff. But at the same point, look what Tim Tebow did. And granted, Tim Tebow, in some respects, is a different animal because of the, the pure sort of magnetism that he drew, whether you loved him or hated like he He was just that guy, a lightning rod in terms of attention but i do think at some uh, on some level like whether it's espn or fs1 or one of those like they throw on you know an a's whether it's spring training or you know some of you know those whatever a he falls into single a double a whatever people are going to watch like people are going to go to this stuff and and i wouldn't be surprised if
0: cuz he's if, a heisman trophy winner
1: and he Not only – I mean, he's a Heisman Trophy winner, but he's also electric. Like, I, you know, I mean, he's got to be a ton of fun to watch run the bases and stuff like that. Uh, I don't even know what position he plays. Was he an infielder? Center Uh, fielder. Center fielder. Like, I I can see where you'd want to go to the park and watch a kid like that play, in addition to the fact he's a Heisman Trophy winner. Like, there's a lot to – a lot of reasons to be drawn to him. So, from that standpoint, I do think there could be some endorsements, like, with that. They may not be as – Lucrative. As hefty, as lucrative as as maybe he would in the NFL, even if he's on the bench. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think regardless of what path he goes, there's going to be options, and and certainly you know there aren't a lot of Heisman Trophy winners out there going hungry. Uh, there are options, and there are ways for them to capitalize.
0: Well, that's the thing. I mean, look, I mean, this is a nice debate to have. Um, you know, either way, Kyla Murray is probably as long as he plays his cards right and does not, you know, toe the wrong line should be pretty financially secure for the rest of his life. So, I mean, you know, God bless him. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, you know, I do agree with Pete. I think he, if he's five ten, he's lucky. Um, so you do worry about, you know, the long-term wise on the football field. Um, and in the same respect, I don't think you can do both, you know, everybody, Oh, well, maybe you can't do both. Um, he ain't Bo Jackson. He's, well, just he's not. not. No, but the other thing is these Major League Baseball players, look, I mean, if you're struggling, you go to, you know, you go to the Winter Leagues, you go to Venezuela, you go to the Dominican. I mean, it, it, you know, and at the end of the day, if, you know, if he's too small for football and he can't hit a slider or a curveball, um, he'll go make a living off the fact that he's a Heisman Trophy winner, whether it's coaching, whether it's announcing, whichever route he goes. You know, it's all fun to debate. But, you know, obviously some of these decisions ahead for him. Uh, Scott Boris is Major League Baseball agent. I, you know, who knows how any of this is going to work out football-wise. You know, something that we'll probably, you know, be following and, you know, know more of as the draft process goes. Uh, guys, this has been your Locked On Browns postgame show here. Um, your Cleveland Browns, fifth win of the season. Your Cleveland Browns are now 4-2-1 at home. They will close the 2018 season with a winning home home record. Huge, huge notch after a 0-16 season. After 1-31, uh, the progress continues, uh, the, the, uh, just continuously progressing the overall product. And this is what you want. Um, you know, Ogden Let's just hope you know the arm is okay. Let's just hope that we're not taking too many advantages of the situation, and anything could possibly get worse. But look, you're thrilled with it. You know, Terrence uh, Terrence Mitchell back today. Played today without Denzel Ward. You know, obviously a huge, huge part of what has been the 2018 product. Uh, for Pete Smith from NFL's Bin Zone. For myself uh, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Guys, the Lockdown On Browns Twitter account. We always keep that a follow back account. iTunes rating reviews, guys. Uh, today was a fun day. It was it, it was good because. Like we talked about earlier in the year, they're in these games. They know how to win them. You're starting to see it now, and you're starting to see it from the offense. You're starting to see it from the defense. Just a fun, fun time. And as we always say, we'll get into PFF this week. Uh, We'll get into a bunch of other stuff. And like I said, it's going to be a little bit of a different week because we'll have the uh, pregame show out on Thursday night, obviously playing Saturday night in Denver. Uh, Until we talk the next time, LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.